Good morning. Uh, as Travis said, my name is Glenn. If I have not met you, I'd love to meet you, especially on Father's Day. It'll, we'll always look back on that with uh, great love and affection for each other if we meet each other today. Um, my youngest daughter, who's seven, came up this morning and greeted me, and her eyes were filled with sleep, and she was still in bed in her mind, and she said, Happy St. Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> so that was... She apparently has no idea what she's talking about, if she, knew, if she knows me. Uh, what she really meant to say is, a sinner saved from a life of debauchery that somehow, through God's grace, is now going to be entering into eternal life Father's Day. Something along that lines. Thanks. <laughs> um, really quickly, before we get into the sermon, I want to talk about our search team. So our search team is formed to find another staff pastor who's coming on with uh, us, with me today, or in uh, Redeemer Church, not today. Um, our search team, though, has been formed today, and it's Sam Vanderhoeven, Andrea Bird, Jenny Dreyer, John Allen, and Lars Rasmussen. They're all joining Eric and I as the pastoral team that's overseeing this, and they're super excited about this. It's, um, they've got a lot of resolve to do this, do it successfully. We've centered it on scripture, which is really good. They're passionate about this uh, process, and, but please pray for us on clarity on who we are as a church, like this is one of those times where you stop and look in the mirror as a church and say, who, it is, who is it that we are? Who do we want to be? And then what is the Bible, how does, he, how does a, an elder described in the Bible and then how do they fit into our culture? So there's a lot of things that are going on. They are gonna be reaching out and hopefully having conversations with all of you, the members of our body, uh, so that we can answer these questions. And it may seem like a really daunting task to ask, a hundred different people, who are we, and having like 6,000 different answers, but it's our trust and our hope that the Holy Spirit's going to bring all this together in a really uniform, uh, unified way, and our vision is that this church would be hungry, this church would be filled with passionate people during this time, people working within their gifts, uh, people unified in our church, unified and glorifying Jesus, um, or at least that by the end of the summer that we would get really good at playing volleyball and, and frisbee games together. I'll settle for that. So um, that's it for that. Let me pray, and then we're going to get into this text. Father, thank you for Jesus and for him forming Redeemer Church. I pray, Lord, that today as we're here and we're in your word, we would recognize simply the staggering fact that we are part of your body, that we are members of, of one another because we're members of you, Lord Jesus. So I ask God that you would help us to understand that, that you would help that to hit us in our hearts, in our minds, that it would hit our actions and how we interact, how we treat each other. I ask God that we would glorify you by bearing one another's burdens by carrying our own load in amongst our, our membership. Uh, I thank you for this, this church. I thank you for, Lord, your shepherding this church and your giving counsel as if you have eye, your eye is on this church. I pray, Lord, that this morning as we're here that you would just make it so palpable that your spirit is here, that you are here, that you love this church. In Jesus' name we pray through the Spirit. Amen. So church membership, we've been talking about this within the context of this entire series, and we're still, 
talking about what it means to be a member of a church. And it's an odd thing in today's world to be a member of anything just has like an inch deep, very shallow understanding of what it means to be a member. Like memberships are things that you can cancel at any time right now, right? Or if you're really cool, then you would be a part of this group. And, and that's the, the litmus test for you to be a, identified. Um, everything is based on ratings and good reviews. Like people treat churches almost as if they would treat like an Airbnb rating. I stayed there, I showed up, it was kind of dark in here, the sound maybe wasn't exactly uh, right, Uh, the live stream kicked out for a minute, I think it's back up now, Um, it smells very mallish in here, like three, two stars, 2.5, right? And, And so we base membership on ratings, and we base it on reviews, and we base it on things, and I think when we look at the scriptures we just read and that we're going to read, it's going to blow this out of the water. It's so much more deep than what you think, that we are members of one another. Are you going to rate each other with stars? Ah, two and a half stars. Look at that shirt. The Bible shows that a church has membership, has people that are devoted to one another, and it also shows that a church can keep track of members to prioritize with um, uh, giving out charity and that type of thing. 1 Timothy 5.9 says, Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband. So there is biblical precedence that we would keep track of you guys so that we know who we're shepherding and who we're praying for and who is it that we're giving charity to and who is it that is a member of one another and how do we identify with that. It is enrollment, but it's so much more. You guys being a member of a church is being a member of one another. Do you desire to build up trust between one another? Do you desire for people to get to know you or for you to get to know other people that are in this room? I don't want us to just be gathered together in person, but I want us to be gathered together in a unified spirit of heart and mind. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about. It's why Jesus died. Listen to this description of church membership from 1 Corinthians 12. But God has composed this body. God made it, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in this body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you, Redeemer Church, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That is so far away from a a two and a half star review. But when you guys hear this, I know some of you experience warm fuzzies. You're like, yes, let's do this. I want to know people. I want them to know me. And some of you want to run out into the mall. But the question is, this your family? Do you see this as your family? Or do you see it as something that you can bail, run, move, in and out, right? Now, we are here because different people from different like, walks of life and, and thought processes, we all love Jesus, and Jesus instructs us to love one another in a really deep way. Today, we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about what it looks like to bear one another's burdens. We're going to talk about what it means to carry our own load. And we're also going to talk about the identity of Jesus having, being the, the great shepherd, creating this church from the cross in which he died to make this church happen. In short, 
We are members of one another because we are members of Jesus. So Galatians chapters 1 through 5, I'm in 6 today with you guys, but 1 through 5 give give this excellent presentation of the gospel of Jesus. He just starts out in, in Galatians 1 talking about Jesus, and he says this beautiful gospel the message of Jesus is so beautiful that in, in 1 Timothy, he talks about, like, guard this as a deposit, as a treasure. And, and Paul gets in such a rage over other people coming in and preaching a gospel that's different than Jesus. He says, and I quote, if anyone preaches a gospel other than what I have preached to you today, may they be accursed. It's a really nice way, a Bible way of saying, may they go to hell. This is anathema. He's saying, even if an angel comes down and preaches a gospel that's contrary to what we've preached about Jesus, about his grace, about how it is that we get into heaven through his blood and his work, if an angel comes down and says it's different than that, may he go to hell. I dig his intensity. But now Paul talks about what does it look like for us to interact together, right? As a church, as a body of Christ. And he brings up this whole idea of biblical burdens and biblical loads. And he illustrates them right here. So we are designed to carry loads, right? We're people and we're designed to carry loads, but every once in a while those loads get too heavy and they become burdens. And those burdens will crush us unless we reach in and help out one another. So what's the the reason for this? Well, this is a way for us to love one another. It's a way for us to be members of one another, is to understand what is a load, what is a burden, and then somehow be able to interact with both of those. Sometimes I think that we think about them separately. We're like, okay, a load is over here. It's my day-to-day stuff, and over here is burdens, and we separate them. But that's not the language that the Greek uses. When the Greek talks about this, it, it talks about a load is, is like a soldier wearing a pack, right? You put things in your pack, and you go out, and you do your thing. So think about even as you're going out and hiking, if you hike as a soldier, you'll have your pack on, right? You have your load, but then a burden can happen, and a burden is then on top of that load, and it's untenable. It's something that's extra weight, problems, and circumstances where people need help. So are we to help each other as Redeemer Church, members of one another, or is each one of us supposed to carry our own load in amongst ourselves? The answer to that is yes, for both. So let's look at the Greek meaning. Um, In verse 2, burden refers to that which someone cannot take care of on their own. Uh, Imagine a, a a a shoulder pack that's on a soldier and he's walking through, but then he gets a rock, a, a boulder that's stuck on top of him, right? There, there's a difference between him being able to walk with this pack and then having this burden of a rock or a huge boulder that's on him, and he should be able to expect help. Like, he can't carry this on his own. A, a buddy should want to help him. Whereas a, an, a soldier carrying his own pack, he needs to be responsible for that own pack. So spiritually speaking... What is a burden versus a load? So burdens are an exhaustive spiritual load that's causing great pain, right? Think of illness, divorce, death, disasters, job losses, car wrecks. They dump extra weight on top of our loads, 
which cause us to lose hope and we have despair, we have unexpected heartache, and that can happen during a time of crisis. Whereas a load is a pack which holds our stuff, family, work, health, emotions, interactions with others, mental capacities, that you, by grace through faith, have been created an able-bodied and able-minded person who is fully responsible to carry their own weight, to carry their own mental, physical, emotional, relational, vocational, and spiritual loads. We were designed to do this, like walking your own walk with Jesus. That's your load. That's in your pack. Or prayer. That's in your pack. Or the Bible, intaking truth. That's in your pack. Or inner church relationships. That's in your pack. That's a daily load. And we'll talk about what it is to have a burden that's on top of that. But all of our church life is trying to figure out how do we decipher the difference between a load and a burden, right? When I was first married, Lori and I would go hiking, and my pack usually had like a knife in it, maybe some sort of a fire starter, some sort of red meat beef jerky that was in there, and then some sort of smoking thing like a, you know, like a cigar or something like that. That was what was in my pack, right? I look over into her pack, and she has all these hippie things, like this, uh, what's this liquid called, water? I had never heard of it before, but she had it in there. She had like kale and, and cucumbers and carrots and nutrients that were all in her pack, and like a compass, like things that would keep you alive. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I looked at her pack, and I looked at mine, and I'm like, oh, her load is different than mine. I can gain a lot from her load. I, I, I think it might actually be changing as she helped me to further refine what my load should be. This is what we do as a church. We try and figure out what, what, what's our load look like? What are we responsible for, right? The problem is marriages, governments, the law, companies, they all try and reg, regis, sorry, legislate division of labor or division of burden or define what is a load to someone or what is a burden to someone else. And we don't take cues from our culture, though. We follow Jesus in this. I was reading on Facebook, relational non-negotiables. What is a non-negotiable in relationships to you? And they walk through all these things like freedom, values, similar values, empathy, transparency, honesty, respect, trust, kindness, the number one non-negotiable on this list was, I don't want someone to control me. That was the non-negotiable thing in this list. Guys, we're members of one another. Like Jesus says, speak into one another's lives. Figure out what does it look like to carry your own load. Figure this out biblically. Pray about this and walk through this with each other. It's a non-negotiable in the sense that we need to be able to talk as a family. So do you know what the, the biggest non-negotiable element of Redeemer Church is? We read it. God composed this body. That's the number one non-negotiable, that the load that God has put on us is to recognize and believe that he is the one who has made this body. He put us together. You and I put us together. And Redeemer, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And that we listen to him about how do we figure out our loads? How do we live among each other that we listen to Jesus? Again, we are members together here today because we're members of him. We're members of his body. Non, 
non-negotiable spiritual aspects. It's non-negotiable that we were chosen by God to be a member of his body. It's non-negotiable that if you have not been called into a relationship with Jesus, that you're not part of his body. Think of Jesus' words that if anyone does not believe in the Son, then the the wrath of God remains on him. So if you think about being a member of Jesus' body as a door, that door separates those who are in and those who are out. So that door is either you're locked in or you're locked out. And it all has to do with Jesus. Jesus is the one who composes the body of Redeemer Church. Yes, we bear one another's burdens. We carry our own load. But if we're not part of the household of faith, we need to be part of that in order to be able to say these things and figure out what is the load that we should carry, what is the burden that we should carry for one another. Does that make sense? We belong to each other because we belong to him. So let's talk about bearing one another's burdens. So Paul simply tells us, commands us, this is to Redeemer Church, this is to you as a member, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. See, burden here means Excess burdens, burdens that are so heavy that they weigh us down. Think of the metaphor that we talked about, the soldier in his pack. His pack contains things he needs every day. That's his load, and he has quick access to them. But that's not what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about a burden. He's talking about something that's far above a, a pack. It's as if a boulder is on his shoulders. Boulders will crush us. Boulders Shouldn't be, we shouldn't be expected to carry a boulder by ourselves because our backs can't take it. We need help with boulders, those times of crisis and tragedy in our lives. How quickly do we run toward each other to bear one another's burdens? Did you know that if you take a tuning fork and you strike it, it makes a sound, right? And it makes that sound through vibration. Well, if you strike one tuning fork and you put another tuning fork next to it and you don't strike it, it will eventually start vibrating in the exact same tonation that the first one that you struck. It's called sympathetic vibration. This is what we're doing when we carry one another's burdens. We are are hearing that it's too much, that it's crushing you. And we go in and we say, I'm going to help you carry that burden. I'm going to help shoulder that burden with you. We, we walk toward one another. And why do we do this? We need to understand from what Paul said here, um, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You need to understand that we are of the same nature as one another in this room. And what I mean by that is we are we. We are an us because of what Jesus has done. If we are in Christ, we're the same, you and I. The church belongs to Jesus. He created it. He brought it about. He empowers it. He lords over it. And it's filled with people who are of the same nature as each other. Listen to Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him 
before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, in which he has blessed us in the beloved. It's us, it's we. We are all of the same nature. We are all in need of grace. We are all sinners. We are all uh, trying to figure out how do I carry my load? How do I offset these boulders that are just crushing me? And we need each other's help. And if somebody starts to think, uh, I'm something else, it comes out like, uh, I, I don't have time to go to someone else. I, I don't have time to listen to their burdens, right? Have you ever asked someone if they need help and they say, no, I'm fine, and yet you can clearly see that they're just drowning in their lives? They're thinking that there's something that they're not, right? They're thinking, oh, I, I can handle this. And yet God has said, no, we're us, we are we, let's do this together. I have more important things to do than carry your burdens versus we are all redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's an identity issue. Why do we move toward each other? Because... God has moved toward us, and he has made us move toward each other. Some would say, I'm only a member, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a servant leader, versus Christ is the lifeblood of your hope. Not us, not the pastors, not the servant leaders. Christ is the lifeblood of your hope. Some would say, well, I don't have time for their stuff. You have been completely forgiven for everything that you've ever done, both past and present and future. Forgiven right? This is what we should be talking about. I don't know what I would say that would help them. Have you tasted being fully accepted by God because of what Jesus has done? Tasted that, the goodness, fully accepted by God. That's who you are right now. These are all sentences that would be said of people that are us, we, together. And since Jesus, the day that he died on the cross, he created we. He created us. And that this is Jesus's church. We are members of this body because we are members of his body. So helping someone during times of burdens is one way that our body can show a deep love for one another. Um, as you lift the boulders off of one another, you get down past the burdens. But my point is this, is if you saw one of your kids with a refrigerator moving to dump over and crush them, would you stop and think, oh, do I have time for this? Do I have it in my schedule to go and help out? No, you would, I hope, you would run and help out your kid and throw yourself in there and lift that burden with them. But we belong to each other, so we carry our own load as well. Uh, the Apostle Paul simply says, for each will have to bear his own load. It's a command to bear your own load. So in contrast to burdens, the Greek word for load means cargo or the burden of daily toil. This is responsibility. This word describes the everything, everyday things that we all need to do. These loads, again, are like backpacks. We're able to carry our own backpacks with our daily stuff that needs to go out with us wherever we go. In the same way, we are expected to carry our own loads. 
We are expected to deal with our own feelings, our own attitudes and behaviors, as well as the responsibilities that God has given to each of us individually, even though it may take an effort to do so. This might not be very popular teaching. I'm saying, walk your own walk with Jesus, right? Go to him, ask him, how do I deal with this? What do I do? Carry your own load. This is what the Bible tells us to do. Let me illustrate it this way. Have you ever been to a family barbecue and then all of a sudden somebody in the family is like, hey, let's play volleyball, right? Then you all get together and play volleyball and it's old guys like me that are way more out of shape and there's muscles being stretched and all of that. But inevitably what happens is somebody hits a ball over and you've got five people standing on the one side and the ball drops right in the middle of all of them. Why does it do that? They get like this little kind of jerk reaction and they're like, oh, sorry, and nobody actually hits the ball. This is a very vivid illustration of people not carrying their own load. This is very simple. When you're playing volleyball, all you have to do is say, mine, and then you go toward it, and you hit it. But for some reason, we get confused, and we think, oh, I'll let them do it because I don't know that I have enough skill to do it. And all of a sudden, there's this internal thing. Like, this is what's happening in our church on a big level. We think, I'm... I can't do that. And it's, it's super easy for the opposing team to just keep dropping the ball right in the middle of all of them and win that Sunday afternoon barbecue volleyball game. But the thing of it is, we carry our own load. We, we talk to one another. That's mine. I'll take that. I'll take responsibility for this shot. Someone else can take the next one. Someone else can take the next one. How does the Bible define our own load? You worship God, you love him with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, right? So there is Bible, that you read your Bible and you let it course through your veins, that God desires truth in our inmost being, right? So we pick up truth and we have it get into our inmost being. This is your load. I can't do this for you. You can't do this for each other. Paul says, don't do this for each other. Prayer, that we would talk through our biggest fears, things that make us angry, etc., with God. That we would go to him and trust and, and have him speak into our life and us be able to, to vent our stuff to him. Discipline, repentance, your walk with Jesus, interpersonal relationships. That Think about it. When someone comes to you and this person is mad at this person, but instead of going to that person, they come to you a, a person who is carrying their load will say, hey, it sounds like you need to talk with that person. Uh, I'll help you form a conversation, maybe answer some questions, but you need to go and talk with them. And then you follow up, hey, did you get a chance to talk with them? This is us carrying our load, right? We can't do this for each other. We need to be able to say, I'm taking responsibility for this. I'm carrying my own load. We are designed to hear from God. We are designed to commune with him in prayer. We are designed to have his discipline help cure our crooked strides. By grace, we get to change and grow through repentance. We are designed to have health in our church. We are designed to do this, and the way that we do this is by carrying our, our own load. Sometimes we need to come to this truth that we each have a load to carry, that loads are expressions of faith in Jesus. Um, I used to drive a semi-truck 
for the Amana farm before I came here. And the worst time to drive a truck is when it's empty and when it's on snow, right? Because when a, a semi-truck is empty, it just becomes super bouncy. Like every little crack in the road, you feel it, and the whole truck bounces, and then you add snow or ice to that, and that's when you see trucks that are jackknifed on the, on the freeway and, and that type of thing, because they're not loaded down. When you put a load, when you put 80,000 pounds onto a truck, all of a sudden, that thing runs nicely. Like it, it brakes better. A, a truck, a semi-truck, will actually stop more quickly, fully loaded, than when it's empty. And God knows that. This is us. It's an illustration for us that we are designed to carry our own load. We're designed to have truth in our lives. We are designed to be loaded down with the things that God loads us down with. The hardest part, though, is trying to interpret which is which. How do you teach this to your, to your kids? Some of you know that Pearl, my oldest, she has scoliosis, which means there's a curve in her back, right? So when it comes time to actually doing chores around the house, we had to kind of move some stuff around. Like she can't carry the heavy vacuum cleaner up the stairs because it hurts her back, which has a bend in it. And there's certain things that she can't bend down to scrub because it hurts her back. But we're not saying don't do any chores. She still needs to carry her own load, right? Uh, we got to find things that aren't going to crush her, things that aren't going to be filled with pain for her, um, but she still needs to carry her own load. Like, she's not going to play twister with us. One, she already has an advantage because her back has a twist in it, and secondly, it causes a lot of pain. But we do need to find things for her to do. Like, we're not just throwing it out and saying, well, she has no responsibilities. She has no load, right? These burdens... Uh, are, are there so we can help her take that boulder off, but we also help discover what is God's load that is for her. Everyone brings something when we come together. If you think about it, when you come into Redeemer Church, do you think, man, I got my pack on, and I'm going to share from my pack today. I've been carrying my load, and I'm going to share that with everyone else. Mutual faith, encouragement, you share from your backpack. Uh, the reason I say this is, uh, we just read this, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Romans 1 says it this way, um, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you to strengthen you so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. We, we do this all the time when we go hiking. What do you have to eat? Oh, I'll grab that. What do you have to eat? You share, Right? Mutual encouragement and faith. 1 Corinthians 14, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, tongue, or interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. The point is this, we bring things into here to share. Or are you just coming in with no backpack, just, you know, well, I'm going to take a little bit from them, 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 and them, and then I'll have a load to carry as I go out. And then next week, I need to fill my pack up again. Those are two totally different ways to walk in to a Sunday morning here at Redeemer. Some people that my wife and I met with me said that the time that we spent with them was really fruitful. We were talking about marriage stuff, and they had boulders on their back in their marriage, and we just walked through. But you know what we did was we just asked them questions and listened, right? It wasn't like 
And for them, they felt like we were shouldering their, their burdens, their boulders off of them. But my point is this, like once you start to sift through like these boulders and they get off of their backs, you'll find out that, well, they haven't quite been carrying their own load. When's the last time that you guys have prayed together? Well, our wedding day. When's the last time you've cracked open your scripture? Well, I have an app, but that was on my old phone, so now I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying. It's like you, you start to discover that when we're not carrying our loads, sometimes those burdens come on, those boulders come on, because we haven't been carrying our own load. But for us to walk through and see how is God defining your load? How is, how is he asking us to interact? This is what we do on Sundays. This is what we do. It takes years for us to figure out what our load is sometimes. We, we walk through here. It says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's your load. But it looks different. Like It looks different for me to do that 20 years ago than it does right now. Or... Um, Bear with one another's burdens. Like, what does that look like? Or um, when you're thinking through, like, treating other people as more important than, than yourselves. Like, you've got to start to figure this out. As a body of believers, members of one another, how do we do this? How do we define this? What do we do? And some may be sitting there, Glenn, like, how do I figure out what is my load, Glenn? Tell me what is my burden. And I see what you're doing there. I'm not going to do that. That's part of your load is to go to Jesus and figure out what is your load, right? This is what I'm trying to do is to have you go to your Savior, have you ask him, have you walk through that with him so that you might be able to figure this out and gain wisdom concerning this. So we've been talking a lot about what to do here, and I don't want to fall into this trap of just talking about what to do without keeping it very, very close to Jesus but it says this, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. You and I are identified as being a household of faith, members of one another. And Ephesians 5.30 says that we are members of Jesus' body. We're going to talk about that. Um, I've been asking certain people in our congregation who are members of me, and I'm a member of them. I'm like, how would you illustrate this? How would you talk about this? And I was sitting with Keegan a couple of weeks ago, and Keegan, why don't you come on up? And um, Keegan and I were talking through, like, he has an illustration for this, but also kind of a testimony for this. And it really dovetails well into what I'm about to talk about. So Keegan, have fun with that. I'll be back up when you're done. Morning, Redeemer. So I was reminded this week of a story that a former pastor used to tell, and he pastored a big church in a large metropolitan area of the country, and he would tell this story of a man that had been baptized in his church. Well, this man was a former uh, member of a street gang, and he was apparently convicted of his sin and wanted to join this man's church. Well, after a while, the man stopped coming to church, and one of the pastor's friends reached out to this guy and said, you know, hey, I, I haven't seen you at church in a while. What's going on? And the man says, I think I had a misunderstanding of what you guys were doing there. And the pastor's friend says, what do you mean? And the man says, when I got baptized and joined your church, I thought it was going to be like getting jumped into the gang. 
Because when I got jumped into the gang, uh, suddenly everybody had my back and we were like family. You know, you take that initial pounding and it's really, really awful. But when you're in, you're in. And you're like a family. And I joined your church and I didn't realize that it was only going to be a, a Sunday and a Wednesday night kind of thing. Uh, and man, this story really convicted me recently because it reminded me of ways really since the onset of COVID that I haven't given 100% to this body. And I'm probably not alone in that. And I just think it's an amazing thing that Jesus was crucified for this church. And I've been convicted to start praying for us in this next season that we would cling to that truth that he has forgiven us and loved us. And therefore, when there's conflict in this body, we can forgive one another and lay those things down. And we can love one another and look for real tangible ways to go out of our own way to serve each other. So. So that whole idea of defining our loads, you, you just watched it happen. A redefinition of Keegan's load, the backpack that he carries. And this is what we do as, as a family, that what he was talking about is so important. Do you look at yourselves as family? Do you look at yourselves as members of one another? Do you guys have the same enemies? Do you have the same ideas about Jesus? Do you move toward one another with these things in mind, holding intention, like I have my own load, but I want to help, right? Ephesians 29, 30 says, think of it in the context of this church, for no one ever hated his own body, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. What Keegan is describing is that God is putting on his heart for his load to look like nourishing Redeemer Church, cherishing Redeemer Church, because he's a member of this body. You and I are members of this body because we are members of Jesus' body. Ephesians 29 and, uh, 5, 29 and 30. We are members of Jesus' body. Again, this comes back to similarity of nature. Remember I said that we are of the same nature as one another. Well, Adam looked at Eve not as a stranger, not as some creature or a different, of a different nature. He called her bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. You heard Adam say of Eve above all the animals, like she's of the same order as me. She's of the same nature as me. Okay. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus is very God of very God. That's his nature. He's of the same nature as the Father in heaven. But he became the same nature as you and I. That Jesus stepped from glory and became 100% human. He became of the same nature, similar nature as you and I. He took on human nature. He became flesh and bone. He became completely human with a mother and father. He knows what saddens your spirit because he was human. He knows what your burdens are. He knows what your load should be. And then he says that you and I are 
flesh of his flesh now, and bone of his bones, that we are members, Ephesians 5.30, of his body. We are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones, that God sent him who knew no sin to become our nature, sin, right? So that we might become his nature, righteousness of God. Now he has made our nature his. So you are born again with eternal life. That's the nature of Jesus. You were carnal, but now you're spiritual. You are made a partaker in the divine nature. That's just crazy talk. Strong words, but scriptural. And so now, as spiritual men and women, members of his body, you cry out in prayer because the Father looks at your prayers and hears them as if his own son is praying. So pray for one another's burdens. Let your prayers out of their cages. As spiritual men and women, you are changed by God's perfect word, dividing soul and spirit. And the Father desires truth in your inmost being. So let the word of God dwell richly in you. In that daily pack that you carry, bring the truth of God to one another in your burdens. Jesus' food was to do the will of his Father in heaven. You are members of his body, so let that drive to please the body, drive Redeemer Church, to please the Father, to drive to please uh, each other in this body. Perfect obedience. Let that wash over you. His perfect movement toward his Father. Let that wash over you. There is um, a mark in Jesus' side from where his church was originated there at the cross. In the same way that Adam said, now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, God took a rib from Adam's side and created woman out of that. God took a sword and pierced Jesus' side, and from that came his woman, his bride, you and I, that on the cross that Jesus originated this church. He originated you and I from that point on the cross. John 12, 24 says, Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus' death has borne this fruit. This church is the fruit of that death. And that is what we celebrate when we remember Jesus dying for us. So we are going to move into communion and what I want for you to be thinking about as we're moving into this is take some time to confess, okay? In 1 Corinthians 11, when we go to take communion, we take his body, his blood, and we imbibe it. Bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, that we become, he says, you are now mine, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. When we take this, we celebrate what Jesus did, but 1 Corinthians 11 says, don't do this lightly. Examine yourself. It even says that some of you, because you're not examining yourself before you take this bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh activity to remember Jesus, some of you are sick. Some of you have even died because you're not examining yourself. So please, before we take communion, take some time to confess. Confess where you have not desired to bear one another's burdens. Confess where I'm, I, I don't have time. I don't, I'm not willing to go and shoulder someone else's load. Confess that your heart is not in it to help out others. 
Confess where you have not carried your own load with Jesus. Agree with him where you have set down your own pack and then it's bore implications in your life. The Bible says to confess these things before because it's so serious about communion and about this being flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. So I'm going to have our um, response teams come forward now. I'm going to pray and we're going to take some communion and we're going to celebrate that we are, as a church, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, because of what he did on the cross. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you have made us as a church, that our origin, that our start, that our beginning was you at the cross. Lord, help us to revel in that, help us to live in that, help us to celebrate it, help us to have it hit our heads and our hearts, and that what would come out of it, Lord, is that we run to bear one another's burdens, that we run to carry our own load and our own responsibilities. Lord, would you help us, all the individual members of Redeemer Church, to figure out what is their load what are the burdens that they should carry? Will you make that clear, Lord? Will you help us in, in such a way that you would teach us where we have not kept our load, been responsible for our load when we should have been, but Lord, instead of us feeling condemned by it, would you simply bring us uh, a refreshing movement toward repentance? I ask God that you would help us as Redeemer Church. I ask that you would send your spirit so that we might see Jesus as the, the, the originator of this place. And it's in his name I pray through the spirit. Amen.